shit I be talking about. Half rapping ass motherfuckers. You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? Come on. Yes, people, it is Wednesday, and this is not a game, because the weekend brings us free, free MMA events. We've got two on Friday, LFA and Bellator, and then the UFC on Saturday. So we take a look at all of those cards, people, and try and predict what the fuck is going on. Alright, so people, let's get into it. Alright, let's go. So Bellator will be having their 257th event on Friday night, and this one is headlined. With a rematch between current light heavyweight champion Vlad Vadim Nemakov against Phil Davis. So um only four fights on the main card, right? 13 fights in total. But we start off with a ladies flyweight bout. Veta Artega. Against Desiree Yanez. Alright, that's um yeah, that's the opening fight on the main card. So um Artega is five and four, coming off two losses. Right? So um <clears throat> her last one was against Al um Alejandro Alara, who we saw at Bellator. 255. Um, yeah, so she fought her December 2019. And um, then Limelay McFarlane, she lost to her in April 2019 at Bellator 220. Right, so, um, yes, she's um, been at Bellator since. May 2016, right? Made a debut at Bellator 155. So, yeah, you know, she's been there for a while. Definitely been there for a while. Now, um, you know, a lot of her fights do go to decision. She does, you know, she did pull off a submission, standing guillotine against Denise um, Kalatovs. Um, but that was September 2018, right? So, uh, yeah, she's going up against Dirty Des, Desiree Yanez, who's, um, five and two. Five and two, coming off a loss herself. So, um, that was December 2019, right? Uh... That was Melissa Martinez 
this is her her Bellator debut. Yeah, making her debut tonight, which um, you know, that's definitely something, right? Um, yeah, it's an interesting fight, right? Definitely an interesting, interesting one. I mean, they they both last full December twenty nineteen. So they've both been out for pretty much the same amount of time. So there is that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Yanez, you know, she's... You know, pretty similar. She does have a TKO and a submission win. But, yeah, her, her most recent fights... Have gone decision. Have gone decision. I might say. Uh, I mean, it's it's a tricky one, right? Is a tricky one. Um, doo, doo, doo. I think I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I, I, I think that Ortega has maybe fought at a slightly higher level, right? I think she might have fought at a slightly higher level. When you look at people like, um you know, Lara, McFarlane, um, Dakota, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say that, um yeah, Veta Ortega... Gets to win, right? That is what we're saying over there. Now, our next fight on the card is um, it's a welterweight clash, right? Between Sabah Homasi and Paul Daly, who, if I believe. This is his retirement fight. Yeah. It's retirement fight. Um, I think there is a lot on here for Daly because, you know, he's, he's missed weight very badly in his last few. So he he will want to, yeah, he'll, he'll want to, you know, come in and give a good showing of himself for his last fight. Here with all the troubles and everything getting kicked off the Bellator announced team and just all of that kind of craziness, he's gonna want to uh, want to go out big, even though he is coming off two wins, right? Is coming off two wins, but yeah, there there is the the weight misses. You know what I mean? There's the weight misses. And I think the last fight, you know, he was meant to fight Derek Anderson. And I think that was cancelled because of, yeah, coming in heavy, you know? So his last fight was um, October 2019. Sad Awad. He uh, got a second round stoppage. And then before that, in June 2019, he beat Eric Silva, right? 
which, um, yeah, came off of that John Fitch and then Michael Venom page loss. So, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's had a crazy career, right? He's fought in, um, well, everywhere, right? Everywhere. Cage Rage, back in the day before the organisation, you know, folded and became Cage Warriors. Um, he's also fought in Strike Force. Got huge wins in Strike Force. You know, Dwayne... Um, Ludwig, you know, fought and beat Mark Weir, right, he then went over to, um, UFC, beat Mark, Martin Campman, you know, he was a huge puncher, but, eh, good damn, in his third fight, Josh Koschak, right, and then it was the whole pushing Koschak, hitting Koschak. You know, he like, ah, oh, got him kicked out of the UFC. That's not great. So he, he then, you know, regionals, strike back to strike force. From strike force over to Bellator. And there's been ups and downs at Bellator. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's been a lot of ups and downs, but... You know, we'll, we'll see how he ends things. We'll see how he ends things. But, uh, yeah, he is fighting the sleek chic Sabah Humsi, who is 15 and 8 on a four-fight win streak. Right, on a four-fight win streak, fighting out of American top team. So his last fight was October last year. Bellator 250, and, um, yeah, he got a nice TKO over Bobby Volko. Um, before that was Curtis Millender in August last year. Um, yeah, Mitch Terrell, and then Mohamed Abdullah. Right, so, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's been in the UFC, Right, lost to uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan twice, <laughs> which uh, yeah, is an odd one, right? How they ran that one back, but yeah, UFC two eighteen and UFC two twenty. Yeah, so um, yeah, lost to him. Tim Means. Yeah, that was. It unfortunately for him over there, but that I mean, that is getting in there with that top flight competition, you know. So he's, he's definitely got that experience. Also, um, yeah, fought in the Ultimate Fighter season 21. You know, I think he lost the fight to get into the house, so um. You know, he, he's been there, done that. He's been around. He's been around strike force. You know, so like Daly, he, you know, he's definitely got that experience. He's definitely got that experience and he's definitely fought that high caliber of opponent, right? Now, he, um, fighting two times last year, that's big, right? That's definitely big. 
um, because, you know, daily he was out, right? He was out. Also, he's six years younger than Daly. So there is that. And I think we've seen Daly slow down. So, yeah, I, I, I think the sad... Um, no, so Hamasi, even. I think Hamasi is... Yeah, it's just tough for Daly. It, it, you know, it's tough making welterweight. And these younger fighters... Right, it is very. You know, when when your style is to stand in the pocket and throw, right. So when you got someone that's faster potentially than you, you know, and didn't have to drain themselves to make weight, it's a problem, right. So yeah, I think Hamasi is going to be able to uh, get the win, maybe the finish. So yes. There is there is that people. There is that. Now our next fight on the card is a uh it's a light heavyweight clash. Light heavyweight clash. We got Corey Anderson against uh Dov Letadosh Shin Moradov. Hmm. I don't think that's how you pronounce it, people. So, over time, Corey Anderson is 14-5, and five, coming off a win in his last fight, which was his Bellator debut. Got a second-round stoppage over Melvin Manhoof at Bellator 251 in November last year. You know, um, spent a long time in the UFC, you know, was there um, via the Ultimate Fighter season nineteen, which he uh, which he won, right? So uh, yeah, that was who the f- finale was July twenty fourteen. Made his debut December twenty fourteen. You know, and he's been you know has a win over Jan Blachowicz. Right, Fabio Moldarana, Tom Lawler, Sean O'Connell, right, Patrick Cummings, Glover Teixeira, yeah, Lyle Latifi, Johnny Walker. So he has some huge wins, right? We know Corey Anderson has the skills, definitely has the skills, and you know, really made that statement with a stoppage in his last fight. Right, and he's only thirty-one, only thirty-one, but he's debuting against Dov Letadashan Yagish Muradov, who is eighteen five and one on an eight-fight win streak. Oosh, I mean that's impressive, right? So. This is his Bellator debut. Yeah, makes his debut for the light heavyweight Grand Prix. So, you know, definitely they're thinking highly of you to do that. His last, oof, I mean, his last, what, I don't know, eight fights, ten fights, something like that, were over in ACA. Right, so he was fighting over there. 
Um, yeah, you know, he's got TKOs. There's a few submissions in the mix, right? But, um, yeah, it looks like this is his, um, you know, first time at a large organization, right? Last time at a, a large organization. So, um, you know, absolute championships. That's... Uh, yeah, that that's that's what ACB is. So it's Russian, a Russian MMA promotion. So you know, there's different situations with that. Um, definitely an impressive win streak, but you know, it, it, it it's more of that kind of regional scene. Right now, listen, we've we definitely seen the talent coming out of Russia, right? We, we have seen that. But I kind of feel Corey Anderson has, you know, I feel he's fought at a better level, right? He's fought at a top level. He understands that pressure. He understands that pressure. So I think the only issue would be is if Anderson takes him lightly. You know, that that could be the problem. And I think we've seen the old Anderson do that sort of thing. But I kind of feel the new Anderson. He, he I, I, I don't I'd hope he wouldn't do that because I think he did do that against Blakovic, which cost him, especially coming off to Johnny Walker. But, you know, I, I think we've got a renewed Corey Anderson, so I would say Corey Anderson gets the win, you know, so yeah, I'm going to say Corey for the win, which means our main event of the evening is the rematch between Vadim Nemakov and Phil Davis, which, uh, yeah, you know, so they originally fought at Bellator 209 uh, in November 2018, right? And Nemakov got a split decision, yeah? He's, um, he's been in Bellator since Bellator 182, right? Got a win over Philip Linz. So that was August 2017, right? August 2017. So he's been there and he's beaten, you know, like Liam McGreevy, Phil Davis, Rafael Carvello, and then he won the title with that big second round stoppage of Ryan Bader. So, uh, yeah, there is that. Now, also, he got the rear naked choke over... Carvello in their victory, so the Bader win came August 2020, right, August 2020, um, you know, stopped Liam McCreary with leg kicks, you know, he, he, he's definitely got that, that power, definitely got that power, right, so, um, yeah, he's a problem, right, the current champion, 
what's Mr. Wonderful going to be able to do? Right, so Phil Davis, he is 22-5, and five, won no contest on a free fight win streak. Right, and um, his last fight was a split decision win over Liado Machida in September last year. Bellator 245. He beat Kyle Aberkirkston um, in October 2019. Won via stoppages in the third. And, um, yeah, he was able to stop Liam McGreary in April 2019. Um, yeah. So there was the uh, Nemakov loss. That was his last loss. But, you know, he's fought all of the... You know, all of the names over in Bellator. You know, he's fought Bader. McGreary. Um, yeah, just, like, had a win over King Mo. Francis Carmon. Emmanuel Newton. You know... And he's, you know, been in the uh, UFC, right? So, um, yeah, you know, he's actually fought Bader twice. He fought Bader in the UFC, Bader in Bellator, both losses to him. But, um, yeah, you know, he's fought, you know, Lioto twice, fought uh, Rumble, Vinny Magales. Yeah, he was definitely a contender in the UFC. Yeah. Made his debut there. UFC 109, relentless. With a win over Brian Stan. That was, well, February 2010. You know, got a win over Alexander Gustafsson. Remember, back in the day. So, yeah, Phil Davis is a problem. He's definitely talented. But I'm going to say that... I'm going to say Nemkov probably gets the win. You know? I, I, I think Davis is good. Davis is very good. But we haven't seen... A huge evolution in that style. So I think what Nemkov saw back in 2018 is pretty much the same, right? It's pretty much the same. So I'm going to say that Nemkov retains the belt and um, progresses in the brackets, people. So yeah, there you go. Bellator. 257. So, LFA, they start their new bubble of events on Friday in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Right? They've, um, yeah, it's their 104th event. Right? It's an eight-fight card with six fights on the main card, starting with a middleweight clash between Obinwa Ikabuna and Ronald Dunlap. So we last saw Ikabunwa at um, undefeated 
LFA 101, where um, he lost his O to Hunter Colvin. All right, all right, man. It was a you know very good performance from Colvin, right? So you know Ikabunya, he, he he shouldn't feel too bad because when it comes to jujitsu, yeah, Colvin is just straight bad. You know what I mean? So getting submitted. Hey, shit happens, right? Shit happens. Um, but you know, Ikambunwa, he he hasn't had a, you know, there's not a, a whole heap of fights, right? That was his third fight, pro fight against Colvin. You know, the first two he'd won via stoppage, you know, TKO and an armbar, right? But there's levels to all of this. As we've seen. Now, he goes in there against the dream Ronald Dunlap, who's um one and oh, right? On a six fight win streak. When you factor in that amateur career. Right? So um yeah. When you do factor in that amateur career, right? Only one loss in his second fight. But everything can finish. Everything a finish, you know what I mean? Um, so yes, I think the big thing for him is the fact that he that one pro win was July 2018, you know, beat Bill Terry, who ain't was a journeyman, right? When you've got a four and 17 record. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? But, yeah, I mean, it's that gap, right? What has he been doing in the three years? I mean, that's the, that's a telling thing, you know, because it's all well and good having a, a good record, you know, all those stoppages in the amateurs and everything, but then you stop, right? So his last amateur fight was June 2017. He then makes his pro debut nearly a year later, which is, you know, surprising. But, yeah, then that's it until now. So I think if they had fought, right, if they had fought back then... You'd you definitely give Dunlap the advantage, but right now, I think the advantage is with Ikbume, you know. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he 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 fought this year. He's already had, you know, actually he's had two fights this year. You know, so. That's a big thing, right? He he had one fight. His first pro fight was 2019, November 2019. But then he's fought twice this year. One win, one loss. But it gives you those looks. Gives you those looks. Makes you comfortable. And I think that's a huge thing in this fight. It's a huge thing in this fight. Also fighting in LFA. So understanding the um, the situation. Right, knowing what it means to fight under these COVID restrictions, 
you know, because yes, things are opening up, but they're not fully open up, right? And these fights are under the, you know, the COVID sanctions. So I think because of the timeout and everything like that, I think um, Ibunwa Ikabune is, um, I think he's taking the win. I think he is taking the win, people. So, our next fight, it's a heavyweight clash. Thomas Pedersen against Eldel Pantin. Right? So, um, you know, Pedersen is 3-0 on an eight-fight win streak. Right? And um, the last two fights have been in LFA. You know, so he had a very big win in January against Kimo Louise, right at LFA 97. First round, like 19 seconds in, boom. And then Brian Pettison, right? I wonder if that was family. <laughs> he beat him at LFA 82, Right, another first round stoppage right there. And um yeah, the fight before that was uh another first round stoppage over in Mecca. Right, so um he's actually fought on LFAs as an amateur. So uh, yeah, you know, he, he he's definitely got a lot of experience with the organization organization. So, yes, heavy hands, heavy hands for sure. There was one um, submission in the amateurs, but he's going up against Odell Pantin, Big Tez, who's one and one, right, coming off a win in his last fight, which was against Joey Soto, right? Um, yeah. Now, so that fight, right, his last MMA fight was October 2018. But since then, he had a Mai Tai bout in June 2019 and a boxing fight in February um, this year, where he got a stoppage in the second round. A year. But. Boxing is only one set of the rules. You know, Mai Tai, at least, yeah, there are kicks. Um, But, yeah, not fighting MMA. So, dealing with the takedowns and everything. I mean, that's a problem. Right? That's a problem. Especially when you're going in against someone like Pedersen. So, yeah, I'm going to say Thomas Pedersen. For the win right there, people. For the win. Right, so um, that takes us to a catchweight fight. 150 pounds. We've got Timothy Tevs against um, Javier Garcia. Javier Garcia. Right, so um, yes, Timothy Tevs, otherwise known as a war... He's 5-2, and two, coming off a loss in his last fight. Uh, this is his um, LFA debut. You know, so he last fought in March 
2020. Um, he lost a decision to Scotty Howe. Um, he had two fights in 2019, both wins. You know, so there is that. Right, so in his pro career, only two losses, you know, five and two. Okay, so there is that. He's, um, yeah, one TKO, one submission win. Now, he's going up against uh, Javier Garcia El Amarachi, who is six and three. Coming off two wins, right? Uh, so, last fought at LFA 102, uh, March, beat AJ Cunningham. And um, then he fought at FO, FCOC 60, where he beat Jeffrey Mellor. And that was October 2019. Right, so... Um, yeah, you know, you look at the career, he's got, um, he's got submissions, yeah, Sub- I mean, majority of his stoppages are submissions, right, so, yeah, I, I, I think when you look at this, right, so he, he's fought this year, he's been active, and just, you know, the fact that he's got all those submissions, I think that gives him the edge. So I'm going to say that Javier Garcia, he's, uh, he's able to get the win here. He's able to get the win, which, um, you know, interesting times, people. So we then go to the welterweight division. We have Kelvin Rayford against Chris Brown. So, the next level, Kelvin Rayford, he's 5-2, and two, coming off three wins, right? So, um, yeah, he's, his last fight was June last year. Beat Clarence Brown, vice submission, third round, rage in the cage. Then in January last, no, sorry, in August 2019, beat Gerald McCollin at KS, KCS. And December 2018, he beat Rico Cato via submission in GCF. Right, so, uh, yeah, there is that. Um... Yeah, when you look at things, you know, he, he's, he can get the TKO, he's got submissions, right? Now, he's going up against Breezy the Future, Chris Brown, who's a 5 and 3, coming off two losses, right? And, um, yeah, so he, his last fight was... Against actually someone who we saw at the weekend, Ignacio Bahamadias, right? He he lost a split decision to him in September 2020 at LFA 90. Um, and then Carrington Banks, he um 
he lost a decision to him in January 2020 at LFA 80. So, yeah, his last two fights. Um, <clears throat> you know, the wins before that, yeah, got a couple of stoppages. Couple of stoppages. Hey, he does have one submission in his pros. Right, one in the amateurs. But yeah, you know, there's a there's a few TKOs and all of that. Um. So when you compare the two, um. I mean, I would say that Brown has probably fought more regularly. I think Brown has fought more regularly than, uh, you know, Rayford. And coming off two losses, it is, that is a fire, right? Because you don't, you don't want that third, right? Like two, back to back is, you know, irritating enough, but you don't want that third, I I think Brown has just fought a bit more regularly, so you know, couple that with that, you know, that energy, that hunger to not lose again. I'm gonna say Brown, um, Brown for the win, right? Hey, it's definitely gonna be an interesting fight. They are well matched here. Yeah, they are well matched, but it leads us to. The um, co-main event, right? We've got blazing Canadian Julian LeBlanc against Joel Bowman, right? Um, and this is a middleweight clash. So uh, LeBlanc is five and one. Now he's coming off a loss in his last fight, which was at um, TKO forty four. And that was September 2018. So, yeah, he's been out for a while. His last win was November 2017. Right, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like injuries have been a big factor in his career. Which, you know, definitely a pain. He's still 29, though, so, yeah, you, you think that he should be able to turn that around. Now, he's going up against Joel Bunman, who's um King Bo, right? He's 3-1, also coming off a loss in his last fight. Uh, and that was July 2019, Bellator 224. Right, so, um, yeah, lost to Jordan Young via triangle. Um, but, you know, wins before that. And, um, yeah, I mean, he did fight three times in 2019, which is good. Right, he's fought four, three times for LFA. LFA 56, 61 and 68. All wins. Right, two decisions, one first round stoppage. So yes, um, I mean, he he has fought more regularly, right? Because 
you know, LeBlanc's last fight was 2018. So, there is that. Right now, when you look at it, they're both 29, right? They're both 29, so yeah, they're both youngish in their careers, really. You know, they've got plenty of time to um, perfect and grow. Uh, they're both 6'2. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Boneman, right. He fights out of Jackson Wink, right? Um, not sure where LeBlanc fights. Not sure where his camp is. Now, I am hearing he is a prospect, but it, it's just that frequency. You know, I, I think that's the thing that is concerning, right? And it's not that he doesn't have the skills, but it's just that that time to feel comfortable in the cage, so, yeah, we're going to go with um, Bowman for the win, which takes us to the main event, people. So, it's a lightweight clash between Aaron McKenzie and Brandon Phillips. Ooh, this is an interesting one. So, McKenzie is 9-2-1, right, on a two-fight win streak. Um... Yeah, his last fight was at LFA 94, right, um, October last year. He beat Joe Gianti. That was a good card. Yeah, it was a good card. It was a tough fought decision. Um, and then he um, beat Gallico Elerario at um, LFA 88. Rear naked in the first. Um, fought he's fought in Bellator a couple of times. Won one, lost one. You know, so I mean, he's definitely got experience, right? Definitely got experience, and you know he he's got TKOs and submission wins. So yeah, good skill set. Right now he's going up against Brandon Phillips, who's eight and three, also on a two fight win streak. Right, so um, yeah, Phillips is fighting out of American Top Team. Um, his last MMA fight was oh September twenty eighteen. September 2018, Rage in the Cage, 61, got a second, early second round stoppage, you know, he's also fought in Bellator, right, um, yeah, also a one and one, right, um, he's actually also fought AJ McKee, right, who is, um, yeah, blazing, has, you know, lost to him, you know, Lost to Bryce Mitchell, but that you know, getting in with those those sorts of fighters is good, right? Definitely a good thing. But yeah, twenty eighteen. Now he has fought in kickboxing um, after that date, right? So since his last MMA fight, he's had three kickboxing fights, right? 
So, um, at Extreme Fight Night, 57, 357, 361, where he fought twice. Uh, so that's April and August 2019. So, yes, two wins, one loss. But it's not MMA. Right? So, yes, another. Another interesting one, right? So, I'm going to say Mackenzie because, you know, he fought twice last year. No, he fought three times in 2020. Three times in 2020, right? Two wins. Decision, rear naked. So, yeah, it's that familiarity. So, yeah, I'm going to say that Aaron Mackenzie gets... To win. Now it's not to say that. uh, You know. It's not to say Phillips can't win. But it all depends. With that mood on the night. Right. How how long it takes him to acclimatise. With the ring. And all them MMA components. But I'm looking forward to this. Because LFA always bring you a good Card people, so definitely a good way to lead us in to Saturday night. So, Saturday night, people, we have got UFC on ESPN 22 Whitaker v Gastelum. Now, these two were meant to fight oh, all the way back, man. So, um Man, back in 2012, right? In um, yeah, back in 2012, they were meant to um, they were meant to fight, right? Didn't happen. Uh, so they're doing it now, right? Doing it now because um, oh gosh, who got injured? Jack Hermanson, I believe that was the one, right? Jack Hermanson was meant to. Uh, no, Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa was meant to fight Whitaker. So, um, yeah. He got injured. Gastelum stepped in. So, still got a great main event. Which, you got to think, it definitely has got title ramifications attached to it. If Whitaker gets a good win, he could be fighting for the title. So, um, with all of that, right, we've got 13 fights as of right now. And a lot of interesting situations here. We've got fighters who um, are making their debut. You know, we've got three people making their debut on this card. We've also got, I'd say there's a couple of situations that, little dicey, people might be playing for their contracts. You know what I mean? And then we've we've got some we've got I'd say a, a few fights where people are looking to make a second first impression, right? Show everyone what they're made of, and then we've got our straight fire fights. You know what I mean? Straight fire fights, people. So um, yeah, a lot of interesting matchups, and um, yeah, we're gonna. St- Start with some uh, setting the record straight, right? So we have got a um, 
weight class. We're at bantamweight. Yes. So bantamweight clash between Tony Gravely and Anthony Burchak. Now, Burchak did win his last fight, right? Won his last fight against Geraldo de Freitas, um, which was November last year. But it was a split decision. You know, so there's doubt in that. So it's not quite what he wanted. You know, he was coming off. um, He won his contract via the 2019 Contender Series. Fought Brett Johns, he he lost, but it's Brett Johns. Brett Johns is a great fighter. He's no longer in the UFC, but Brett Jones is a legit contender in the bantamweight division, anywhere he's gonna be, you know? So um yeah, he 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 then gets a split decision. And you know, in coming off of a, a run where he hadn't lost since May 2018, you know, you, you know, he, man, he was coming to the UFC on a real high, so he wants to get back to that, show everyone he's a problem, because in that run, you know, what I mean? in that run since May 2018, no decisions, everything got stopped, right, whether it was TKOs or um, or submissions, you know, it was mainly TKOs, right, just one submission, no, actually, yeah, no, just one submission in the mix, but he was stopping fights, stopping fights, so, yes, you, you feel that gravely he wants to get back to that, and, uh, yeah, you know, he, he definitely... He's got the ability to do that. You know, he's definitely got that. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Now, he, he goes up against Anthony Burchak, you know, El Toro, right? Oh, actually, before we um, do that, I don't think we did um, Gravely's record. So, he's 20 and 6, all right? So we go to um go to El Toro who's fifteen and seven. Now Burchak he he lost his last fight, which ah, you know what I mean? You know it's frustrating for him because it was his return. You know, it was he his first fight back in the UFC since um July twenty sixteen. You know? July 2016 was his last fight in the UFC. Yeah. He um he made his debut in December 2014. You know, and it was a win-loss win-loss situation, but he went to the regionals. Went to the regionals and yeah, you know, he had a bad run in Ryzen, but then he just turned it around. Turned it around, went to um, Combate, LFA, also doing his thing on the jiu-jitsu circuit. Because he's 10th planet, baby. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, earned his way back. Didn't go to plan. Didn't go to plan. So, you know, he wants to, um, wants to show people what, 
Anthony Burchak is made of, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation. Now, they are... Um, so, Burchak's got a three-inch height advantage, right? Reach-wise, they're both 69. And legs, Burchak has just got an inch more at 39, right? But, yeah, they are very... Um, they're similar on a lot of things. Burchak... Obviously, he's got the, the greater submission threat, you know, um, yeah, and you know what, because they are pretty much even, I think it's the submissions that will make a difference here, right, that's where I think uh, this one really kind of pivots, because Gravely, you know, that, that loss to Brett Jones was a rear naked, you know, so he's just, you know, he, he's, uh, his loss in 2018 was guillotine, you know, so all he, like, his other loss, he lost to Manny Benudez, armbar, right, so the losses, for the most part, their submissions, you know, then he's not getting knocked out, you know, submissions, now, he's won a few, but not a lot, and a lot of the wins via submission were earlier on in the career, so, yeah, I, I, I think when it comes to those levels, I'd probably say Burchak is gonna be the better on the ground, and yeah, I I, I think because of that, Burchak is gonna be able to get the win. We then jump to the main card, people, and we've got a featherweight clash between Ricardo Ramos and Bill Algo, right? So in this one. Ramos, he is 14-3, and three, coming off a loss in his last fight. It was to Lerone Murphy, though, right? And Lerone Murphy, oh, my gosh, he's a problem. You know what I mean? He's a straight problem, people. So that fight was July last year. Um, but, you know what I mean? Ramos, he, he's definitely... He's had a good little run in the UFC. The Murphy loss was only his second in the UFC. You know? And he's beat some very good fighters. Yeah, he's definitely fought some very good fighters. So, um, he made his debut in February 2017. You know, beat, um, got three back-to-back -back wins. You know? Fought on a couple pay-per-views, UFC 227, 217 even, Bisping v. Pierre, um, St. Pierre, and then UFC 227, Dillashaw v. Garbrandt, yeah. he, he lost a sad Namagarimov, but then put together another couple of good wins, and then it's the Murphy one. So, you know, he, he, he might be coming off a loss, but he's definitely, he's got the skills. Got the skills. You know, so um, he's won via TKO. 
He's also got some submission wins, right? Submission probably more than TKO, right? So he, he's got a good skill set. You know, he fights out of Team Alpha Male, right? So you know those motherfuckers got that guillotine locked down, right? So um, he's going to be fighting Senior Perfecto. Billy Algo, who's 14 and 5. Um, Algo's coming off a win. Um, that was to Spike Carlisle. So uh, that fight was November last year. Right? Um, before that, it was the loss to Ricardo Lamos. So Aljo, um, Aljo, Ale Algo, Algo. Yeah, but anyway, he 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 will want to put together, you know, a run. He wants to show what he can do, because man, he was blazing, blazing before the twenty nineteen contender series. You know, um. So yeah, he wants to get back to that. He wants to show everyone that he's a threat. He's a threat. And he's got, you know, a good skill set, right? He's got submissions. He's got TKOs, you know, pulling off some nice little, nice little moves and what not, right? The last few fights have all gone decision, but he's tough, right? He's definitely tough. Um, And he... Yeah, it, I think it's an interesting clash, right? So when you look at it, um, Aljo, he's got the advantage in height. He's six foot. Um, Ramos is five nine. But it only gives Aljo uh, a one inch reach advantage at 73. And they're the same leg wise, which is an interesting one, right? Um, yeah, the, the, the knockout percentage is the same Submissions, they're kind of, e- they're pretty even Right? Ramos is 50, Aljo's 43 So there's not much really in it Right, so Aljo has got the better defense percentage You know, so it's a, yeah, it's a very close Situation here, and man, I, I I think it's gonna be a it's a tough fight. It's a tough fight, but I will say I think Aljo is he, he's very durable, right? And he trained with a lot of the Sarah BJJ crowd, right? He he trained with a lot of them. He he doesn't. Get stopped Right He's he's not Hasn't been TKO'd In Brush Yeah Just Hasn't happened Right So I, I think that Aldo He's gonna He's gonna be able to get it done So yeah I'm gonna say He Walks away With the finish here People But yeah I I, I can definitely see this As being a very Back and forth war type fight.
Then straight after that fight is our next one, right? It's a lightweight clash between Luis Pena and Alex Munez, right? So, uh, with this fight, people, violent Bob Ross, he's eight and three. Eight and three, coming off a, uh, yeah, we haven't seen him since he's lost to Karma Worthy. Right, where Worthy was able to grab a guillotine in the third round. Um, That fight was June last year. Man, it's kind of weird, right? I think we've seen so many fights over the last year that some fights you think, wait, was that? That seems longer, right? Or that just seemed like it was just the other day. You know, everything is a little bit of a blur. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's been, I like, win-lose, win-lose a little bit for, um, yeah, Pena after, you know, coming off the ultimate fight of season 27 and winning it, right? You know, he, 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 he definitely wants to put together a run. Right, he he wants to make his mark, right? And um, you know, he's changed camps, so I know he's left AKA. I forget where he is training now, but yeah, you know, he's trying to get those other looks. He's trying to perfect the skill set and everything like that. Now, he 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 can win via TKO. That's how he beat Matt Wynan, ground and pound. But I think he's probably more dangerous on the ground, right? A, a, a submission is probably how you might see Pena winning. Um, he doesn't always fight to range. You know, I think that's one of the that's one of the things you can put against him, right? Even though he's definitely skilled. Right, he doesn't always fight to range, and someone who will be trying to take advantage of that is Alex Munez, who is six and one, coming off a loss in his last fight. Right, so uh, that was a unanimous decision to Nazrat Hasparat in August last year, you know, and his UFC debut. I I think it was a short notice fight, if I remember correctly, and it was his UFC debut. Yeah, so um, he's uh, fought on the contender series. He beat Nick Newell in twenty eighteen. Got a decision win there, and yeah, just being you know on the regional circuit, he 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 put together a nice run, which eventually did give him. A call up to the UFC You know So he did lose But that's his first loss So I think it's How's he going to bounce back Right How's he going to bounce back Um, A lot of those wins The early ones Especially finishes You know he's got TKOs He's got um, You know he's got a, a Submission win Last few have been decisions Right, so what is going to happen against Pena? Well, 
Pena is the uh, you know, he he's definitely the taller fighter, and uh, yeah, Pena is very tall for the weight class, right? So um, Pena's six three, and Munez is five nine, so that gives Pena a three inch reach advantage, and um, at seventy five. And a three and a half on the legs at 42 and a half. So when you look at it, submission-wise, Pena, definitely the higher percentage there. TKO, you know, they're not too far apart, right? Not too far apart on that one. Um, I think, right, when you when you look at it and everything like that, Pena is he he's got the more the most experience, right? Munez has had seven fights. Pena, he's had um eleven. He's had eleven. He went through the ultimate fighter, right? So even though a lot of those are exhibitions and all of that kind of jazz, like, he went through that process. Yeah, so he knows what that's like, that that craziness right there. Uh, so he went through all of that. He he trained AKA, so he got that knowledge. And then, you know, in the UFC, he's fought like Matt Wyman, Stephen Pettersson, Mike Trezano, Matt Frivola, you know, Karma Worthy, Steve Garcia. So, yeah, tough dudes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I think Pena, he's able to uh, he's able to walk away with the victory there, people. So yes, that's how. Yeah, I I think these these dudes right here, yeah, they're looking to um, you know what I mean? Put their best foot forward and reset the clock. So let's see if they do. With so much talent in the UFC, right? It makes oh, it makes that win loss record a little a little dicey at times, right? Because can you afford to lose three in a row? Right? Sometimes you see people getting cut. Sometimes you know you get a stay of execution. But, yeah, then, oh, you want to win. You don't want four losses in a row. So there's two fighters who've lost two in a row, right? So this could be it. This could be their make or break, right? And one of those fights is our prelim headliner, right? It's a middleweight clash between Gerald Marshot and um, Bartosov. Fabrininki, right, so, um, yeah, an interesting one, indeed, GM3, he's, um, you know, Marshot is 31 and 14, 31 and 14, you know, he's definitely a vet in the game, but coming off two losses, right, so, um, first started with Ian Heinish, Back in June last year, you know, didn't go well first round, early in the first round, but he hoped to, you know, 
turn it around against a new upstart, right? Who is calling people out. Unfortunately, Kamzat Chimave showed that, oh, he's a problem. And um, got an even quicker finish in the first round against GM3 in September last year. Right, and before that, it yeah, it'd been a bit kind of um, you know, win loss. Right, he was able to get a win over Darren Win, but um, so that was the start of twenty twenty in March, the last card before lockdown. Right, UFC two forty eight, but yeah, he he he'd lost to Eric Anders. Kevin Holland, Jack Manson, you know what I mean, they, yeah, he just picked up a few, few losses of late, you know, Trevon Giles was able to get a win over him, so yeah, the Giles win and the win-win, those two, you know I mean, helped, definitely helped the situation, but is a little bit dicey for Mershot. You gotta say. Now the interesting thing, those two wins were submissions. You know, a rear naked over win and a guillotine over Giles. Right? And then when you go, right? So he his next win, next last win was Oscar Piota, and that was a, a rear naked choke, right? Back in July 2018, the Ultimate Fighter 27 finale. Um, yeah, you know, he, he did actually get a KO win in the fight before that, which was, you know, the Ultimate Fighter 26 finale back in December 2017. But yeah, but Mershot is. He, when he's winning and stopping a fight, it's going to be a submission. You can put your money on that one, really. So, he's going up against the Butcher. Right? The Butcher Bartosov Fabininski. He's 15 and 4. He himself is coming off a, a loss. Right? He's coming off a loss, which was against Andre Munez. Uh, so that was September last year. And it, interestingly enough, that loss was an arm bar. Now, he beat Darren Stewart. So he beat Darren Stewart. It was an odd one, right? Because they were both meant to be fighting over in the state. But coronavirus, all the planes stopped. And they fought each other at Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors 113, you know, the last Cage Warrior event before, um, you know, lockdown and they were able to create their bubble situation, but yeah, it was a funny, funny situation, two UFC fighters fighting at um, another promotion, but it is still kind of going on their UFC record, right, so yeah, an interesting situation, um, now, his loss, the fight before that was a loss to Michael Perez, um, and that was a submission, yeah, so, you, you can see, you know, the, his last two losses, 
right? He's and last two losses in the UFC, both submissions, and he's going up against someone who is all about the submissions, right? All about the submissions. So he's definitely, you know, he's fought some tough opposition, but I think you can say that Mershot has, he's probably fought the tougher, yeah, the the tougher lot, you know what I mean? Tougher lot of people, I might say. So, uh, yes, everything is very, very interesting here. So when you um yeah, we look at the matchup, right? Mershot has got a, a one inch height advantage at six one. That gives him a two and a half reach advantage at seventy-seven point five. Although, right, Fabinski has got a one inch on the legs at forty-one. So um Fabinski, he's got the higher TKO um, knockout percentage at 53, but Mershot just destroys him with the submission advantage. All right, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I do kind of feel that the submissions play into this a lot. Submissions definitely play into it. And I think that um, the fact that he's got two back-to-backs, Mershon, you know, he's going to come out. He he will want to, um, yeah, he want to save that contract, right? So I think Mershon's going to get the win. You know, I, I think he, he possibly via submission because that does seem to be Fabinski's um, weak spot. You know, so yeah, I'm gonna say that Gerald Marshall pulls out the win here and saves saves his contract for another day. Actually, that fight also isn't the main event of the prelims. No, that is not. Um, yeah, made a mistake there. But we then go on to um, a main card fight. Another middleweight clash, and this one is Abdul Razak Alassan against Jacob Marcon. So Judo Thunder, he's um you know, he's currently ten and three, but Al Hazan, you know, he's on that two fight losing streak, unfortunately for him. Right? But two very good opponents. Right, two very good opponents. You know, so um he last fought Chaos Williams in November last year. That was a real quick fight, right? The way Chaos Williams can definitely do. And then before that, right, it was July, I believe it was over on Fight Island, and Monir Lazez really just Oh, he put on a dazzling display. It, it was a decision, but, man, Munir just controlled the hell out of that fight. Right, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting because, 
you know, Al-Hazan, he came in, right, came into um, the UFC in November 2016, beat Charlie Ward, right, he lost his next fight, it was a split decision, you know, to Amari Akhmadov, but then he pulled off two very, well, no, three very good wins, three very good wins, all finishes, Right, and all first round finishes, the last being a very good win over Nico Price at UFC 228. You know, Woodley v. Till. But yeah, then, um, you know, he then was out for a couple of years, right? So the, the you know, Woodley Till fight, that was um, September 2018. So yeah, he was out for a little while. So, yeah, you know, he he definitely wants to um, definitely wants to turn it around, and he's got those heavy hands that could very well do that. Could very well do that. But what does um, Mamba have to say about it, right? So Jacob Mahong, he's four and one. He's coming in off of a loss himself. Which was his UFC debut, and that was to Phil Hawes, right? But we've seen, you know, Phil Hawes can do, right? So that fight was UFC 254, you know, so uh, Khabib v. October last year, right? So yeah, he trains, um, you know, he, I believe he trains with Whitaker. Yeah, so, um, you know, training with Whitaker, that's definitely good, right? That's a good look for him. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't fought a lot, right? Hasn't fought a lot. So, I think the experience, the experience is, you know, not on his side, but heavy hands, heavy hands. So he's fought boxing fights as well. So, you know, decent hands. Knows how to put it together. But yeah, I I think Al Hazan, he's and he's hungry, right? He's hungry. He saw that Phil Hawes can stop him. And he's gonna be like, oh shit. If Hawes can stop him, I can stop him. My hands are my fucking heavy. Right? My hands are heavy. So, yes, I mean, when you look at it, right, so uh, Al-Hazan has just got, he's got an inch height advantage at 5'10". Right, they're both the same reach-wise at 73. Um, Al-Hazan has got just an inch on the legs at 39. But it's that knockout power, right? It's that knockout power, I'm going to say... That Al Hazan is gonna get it done. You know, when you factor in his experience and um, all of that, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that Abdul Razak Al Hazan uses that judo thunder to uh, right the ship and get himself a win. So, yeah, I think, um, those two fights, people. 
You know what I mean? Those two fights are, uh, yeah, uh, interesting. They're interesting fights, and uh, we could see, you know, will these two be able to turn it around, save their contracts, or do they go to 3 and 0? We will find out Saturday night. So, there are three fighters making their debut on this card this weekend. Two of them, you know what I mean, standouts from LFA. So, let's start off in the lightweight division. We've got um, Austin Hubbard against the debuting Dakota Bush. Aha. Yes, 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 people. Bush. <laughs> He's nicknamed being Harry. Uh, <laughs> oh, that'll be amusing seeing Bruce Buffer announce that one. Um, so yeah, he's eight and two, right? Coming off two back-to-back wins, which was um, LFA ninety-two. He beat Brian Della Rosario. Uh, that was October last year. And then in January this year, he, um, oh man, he got a very, very impressive win over Austin Clem at LFA 98. And so, um, yeah, he's been fighting at LFA for uh, the last while, right? Made his debut for the organization in September 2017. And um, he's fought some... Very good opposition, getting some good wins, you know, just, yeah, two losses, but, hey, that's it, you know, so, it's good, man, he, and he's very good when it comes to the submissions, rear naked choke is his submission of Christ, of choice, he does have a couple of TKO wins, you know, so, uh, yeah, Dakota Bush people, right, so, he will be going up against Austin Hubbard, right? Austin Hubbard is his debutant. Um, so Fudd, <laughs> right, is um twelve and five, coming off a loss in his last fight, which was to um Joe Selecki. and Joe Selecki, very good, very tough, right? Saw him. Pull off a win over Jim Miller at the weekend. And, uh, yeah, he beat Hubbard with a rear naked choke. Hmm. Yes, people. Rear naked chokes are an interesting one. All right. So, um, Hubbard, he has been a bit win-lose, win-lose since coming to the UFC. But he came also via the LFA. Yeah, so um, I think he was the champion, right? I believe that was the case. He was LFA champion. But, yeah, you know, he, he, you know, he definitely wants to right the ship and start to put together a run. And can he do that against um, Dakota Bush? Hmm. That, people, is definitely the big question. And um, I've got to say, right, I think Bush can get it done. 
And especially when you see that Hubbard's last loss, Rear Naked, right? And Rear Naked is Bush's favorite submission. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think Dakota could get the win here, right? Height-wise, they're the same, 5'10", but Bush is a two-inch reach advantage at 73 inches. And, yeah, people, I'm going to say that, um, yeah, Dakota makes a successful debut. So next up is the, um, yeah, the the last LFA strawweight champion, Lapita Godinez, who will be fighting a former, a former atomweight champion in Invicta, Jessica Penney, right? And she is also challenged for the UFC strawweight championship. You know, so, um, yeah, so Lupi, she is 5-0, 5-0, 7 wins back-to-back, right, so yes, obviously that includes, you know, amateur, right, so, um, yeah, she, she made her debut, made a pro debut in June 2018, um, and... Yeah, she she fought, hmm, three times in 2019, which is good, right? Was able to get only one win, um, one fight in 2020, but, yeah, they, I mean, it was problematic for a lot of people, but that one win was not only her LFA debut, Right, she headlined the card at LFA six ninety four against Vanessa Demopoulos, right? Who um has fought on the contender series, so people should know the name, right? But she won the LFA strawweight championship on that night, right? So that was October last year, and um, yeah, people. That performance, right, that performance has, um, you know, got her a late replacement call up to the UFC. So she's replacing Hannah Goldie, who unfortunately had to drop out of her fight against Penne. Right, so, um, yeah, I mean, if you watched that fight against Demopoulos, God Damn. God damn. They threw bombs. She, there was, like, in the first, man, I want to say first three rounds, maybe four, she was just dropping so many bombs on Demopolis. It it was surprising. You just thought, how the fuck is Demopolis sticking in this fight? Right, she's, yeah. She was unloading, unloading. So, um, yeah, it, it, she looks like she's got very heavy hands. Very heavy hands indeed. And she's going up against Jessica Penne, who's 12 and 5, but definitely a veteran in the game. 
So, unfortunately, you know what I mean? She's coming off of three losses. But, man, like, Penny's just had a lot of injury problems. It's been a hard road back, right? We haven't seen her since April 2017. You know what I mean? So, this will be nearly a year. No, sorry, not nearly a year. Nearly to the day of her last fight, should I say, right? There's that fight. Her last fight against Daniel Taylor was the 22nd of April 2017. So, yeah, she's, um, yeah, man, there's been so many injuries, right? Because there was moments when you thought she was going to come back and then she just re-injured herself. So... It's been very tough, and I know she did even consider about retiring a couple of times. You know, there was a drug issue, which wasn't her, but, you know, one of those irritating things. Um, But, as I said, look, Penny, she, um, you know, she's a, a vet of the Ultimate Fighter. She came through in Season 20. Right, so, um, yeah, she got to the semis, right, fought Carla Esparza in the semis, you know, Esparza won, beat Rose Namanunes in the final, enough said, right, but, um, yeah, she was the former Invicta champion, you know, so fought in Invicta 1, Invicta 3, lost the belt to Michelle Walderson. Victor 5, fought again in Victor 6, which got her into the Ultimate Fighter. And as I said, look, when um, Joanna Nomjonejcik beat Esparza, Pene was um, her first title challenge. You know, so Pene, she is legit, right? She has got the caliber. It's just been, yeah, just a lot of outside shit that has kept her from fighting, which is a a real shame. It's a real shame. Now she's tough, but I don't know, it's hard, right? So two of those last three losses were stoppages due to punches. And yeah, Godinez is she's heavy handed. Heavy handed. So, I mean, it, 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 who knows, right? This is such a tough situation. Now, Penny, she trains with Angela Hill. You know, Angela Hill, Paulina, um, gosh, begins with G. But she, she trains with a, a load of high-level, tough ladies. So, you know, we know her training is good. But how's the timing going to be? You know, I, I think that's the big thing. It's all about timing and confidence and all of that and being out for four years. It's very hard to tell. So I think as of right now, I'm going to say Lapita. Lapita wins, right? Because you know, look, we've seen her last few fights. She's been active. She's been, you know, working very hard, right? So, yes, I, 
Penne can definitely win this fight. She's got the caliber. She's got the skill set for sure. For sure. But just haven't seen her. Haven't seen her, right? But you know she wants this. She wants it because, you know, again, a loss could could be it, right? Now, a, a loss could be her contract, but it could just be her going, that's ah, too long. I'm retiring, which you couldn't blame her for. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Interesting one. I think we will know more when they weigh in. But as of right now, I'm going to say good and is um, for the win, people. And our last debutant will be coming in the ladies' bantamweight division. So Zara Fiam welcomes... Jazine Jozan Nunez to the UFC. Okay, so um, yeah, Josie is seven and one on a six-fight win streak. Six-fight win streak, right? So um, yeah, she has been blazing, blazing. Her last fight was November last year. Um, at fours FC one, got a second round TKO finish. Um, yeah, basically her her last um, her last four fights have been all TKOs, right? And her one and only loss, her one and only loss. Was only her second pro fight, and that was to uh, Talia Santos, right back in November 2013. And uh, yeah, Santos, UFC fighter, UFC fighter doing very well, you know. So, um, and that says a lot, right? Says a lot. So, um, yeah. I mean, this is a tricky one. I mean, she hasn't had a a huge amount of fights, but you know, she was she was active in twenty nineteen. Had three fights. You know, was able to get at least one last year. So you know, she's doing what she needs to do, and it looks like she has very heavy hands. So she's going in against um infinite. Azara Fian, who is six and four, but she's coming off two back to back losses. Two back to back losses, but you know, it's Felicia Spencer and um, Megan Anderson. So the Spencer fight was February last year, and the Anderson fight was October 2019. Both stoppages. Spencer, you know, first round, ground and pound. Anderson, first round triangle. So, yes, you know, and they're her two fights in the UFC. You know, so you know that she wants to, um, she wants to make a change. Now, the one thing she has done, she's dropped down to bantamweight, right? Because Anderson and Spencer were both featherweight fights. Right, so yeah, I I do feel that the drop down is probably I, I I'd say it's a smart thing to do. Right? 
definitely a smart thing to do, but she wasn't really a huge bantamweight, I mean featherweight, let, let's be fair, you know what I mean, not a huge featherweight, so this could definitely, um, this could definitely help her, right, um, so, yeah, but kind of, they're both making their debut, you know, Nunes to the organisation, Faran to the division, so, um, Faran, she's definitely got a height advantage, right, she's got a six inch height advantage at 5'8", which gives her a five inch reach advantage at 72, um, now Nunes has got the, the knockout power, but, yeah, Ferran, you know, she's, um, yeah, she's got that reach, right, she's got that reach, and, you know, she's got, you know, she's got stoppages herself, right, she's definitely got stoppages herself, Ah, it's tough. God damn it, it's definitely tough. Um, I'm probably going to go with Nunes. I feel I'm going to go with Nunes. I mean, she's just going to come in with the confidence and everything like that. You know, so yeah. But these, these are uh, interesting fights, people. Very interesting fights. And we'll see what... Um, We'll see what these people can do as they debut in the UFC. So when you look at the card, there are four fights that stand out. Four fights that you just think, ooh, these, these could be problems, right? These could really be some, man, fireworks here. Some spectacular finish, whether it's a knockout, submission, maybe even just a fight of the night, right, and uh, yeah, it starts off with um, two in the prelims, so we have got the heavyweight clash between Alexander Romanov and Juan Espanino, right, so um, yeah, people, King Kong, Alexander Romanov, is 13-0 on a 13-fight win streak. I mean, right? That's a problem. And dude's 30, so he's not even at his prime yet. Right? So um, he's got two UFC fights under his belt. Made his debut September last year. Beat Rock Martin with a second round arm triangle, and then in November, he beat Marcos Rogerio de Lima, with, um, yeah, it was an interesting one, right, because it was kind of like, he's just forearm over the throat, wasn't really an arm triangle, right, but yeah, got the stoppage first round, man, he really put it on, the Lima in that fight, and then before that, right, coming into the UFC, it's, um, it's all stoppages, <laughs> you know what I mean, 
all stoppages. There's no decisions, right? And it's uh, definitely a mix of um, chokes and TKOs. You know what I mean? <laughs> God damn. He is a problem. Now, I haven't seen the film, but if uh, they need someone else to fight Godzilla, maybe set this King Kong on them. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, Kong, he's going up against El Aguapo, Juan Espanino, right, who is 10-1 on a 10-fight win streak, and he's also a, um, a winner of season 28 of the Ultimate Final, Ultimate Fighter even, which was the last season, you know, well, the last before its comeback, which, um, yeah, should be, I assume it's going to be soonish, right, uh, yeah, so he, he's got that, and he made his a debut against Jeff Hughes, right, over on Fight Island, uh, September, last year, at UFC 253, Adesanya v Costa, and he got a scarf choke, um, in the first round, you know, so, pretty impressive, right, pretty impressive, one, um, won the Ultimate Fighter with an arm lock, you know, and he's, you know, beat Morris Green, during the series with a rear naked choke. So, yeah, he does like a submission. Does like a submission. You know, that, and that's how he's winning his fights, people. You know, if it's not a decision, it's a submission. So, um, yes. I mean, this is interesting, right? This is interesting. So, only one loss, which came... In April 2011. Right. And it was a weird one. Because he lost. And then he disappeared. Disappeared. Came back in 2017. And yeah. It was a. No looking back situation. Right. So. um, What the fuck is going to happen. Now it's been you know. Trains out of American top team. So yeah. Good camp. Good camp for sure. Right? But, oof. I mean, Romanov. Yeah, I, I, I think Romanov gets it. I think he's, he's fought that higher calibre and he's just streaking. Streaking. But, um, you know, it's interesting, right? So, uh, Espinino is actually an inch taller at 6-3, which, you know, I mean, can Romanov be King Kong now, <laughs> being the shorter dude, I don't know, people, I don't know, um, now, Espedito has a 5-inch reach advantage at 80, um, but Romanov has a 1-inch on the legs at 43, yeah, interesting, um, now, Inspinino is oftentimes 
the lighter fighter. You know, in his last fight, he was 255, while Romanov was 262. So, yeah, I mean, that might play a difference. Who knows, right? Um, Yeah, it, it, it's... Oh, man, it's an interesting situation, right? It's definitely an interesting situation. Yeah, I'm going to say Romanov. I'm going to say Romanov gets to win. But, man... It, that's it's a fun fight, people. You know what I mean? Straight fun. Now our next fight is the final of the prelims. Final of the prelims, and we have got right. We've got um Tracy Cortez against uh, Justin Kitch. Right, this is a ladies' flyweight clash. Right, so um, yeah, Kitch, she is seven and three, coming off of a loss in her last fight, which was to Sabina Mazzo. Um, bef- so that was uh, September last year. Before that, she got a win over Lucy Poldova. Um, that was January last year, but yeah, you know she. It was a couple of um, losses, so a couple of wins. So yeah, it, it it's just been one of those situations for um, Kitch, who's you know she's got the skills, right? She's got wins over Ashley Yoda, Nina Nunes, Randa Markov, over in um, RFA. Right, she um yeah she, she um yeah got the win over Brandon Marcos at RFK twelve. Right, so um yeah, and then in her UFC debut, UFC one hundred ninety five, Lola V Condon, she got the win over Nina Nunes. So yeah, that was back in January twenty sixteen, which. I think that was the Fox deal, right? I believe that was the Fox deal. Um, but yeah, you know, so she's got good wins, but yeah, there's just some slip ups. There's some slip ups there. Now, she can get submitted, right? That that seems a thing. She did have a couple of submissions early on in her debut and then the next fight, but since then, you know. It, she's been trying to go She's been going to decisions, stuff like that But uh, yeah, she's going up Against Tracy Cortez Who's 8-1 and one On an 8-fight win streak And um, Yeah, Cortez, she came Via the 2019 Contender Series Right, she's um, The only person To beat the new UFC fighter Aaron Blanchfield It was a split decision A lot of people You know Have differing opinions on that She also beat Mariah Arapova At the Contender Series And she's had um, Had some good fights In the UFC Agapova. Uh, So she's Yeah Made her debut 
in November 2019, beat Vanessa Mello. And then Stephanie Eager in October last year. So, uh, yeah, very good. She's she's tough. She's tough, tenacious, ain't going to back down. You know, so, um, yeah, she's got submissions. And um, she can ground you, you know. And I think it's that style, right? It is it's that. Just relentless Precious style Which I think is going to be a problem for Kish Yeah I think um, Cortez Ain't she's um, Likely to get The win but Let's just look at the tape They're both 5-5 Right Um, Cortez does have the one and a half Inch reach advantage At 65 and a half and she's got a two and a half on the legs at 38 and a half. But yeah, I I, I think Cortez um, gets to win here. Yeah. So, um, yes, people, that is uh, that fight. Now, our next blazer is um, on the main card. And it's our second heavyweight clash of the night. So we got Chase Sherman up against the late replacement Andre Orlowski. Yeah, Andre Orlowski, people. You know what I mean? Now, the vanilla griller, Chase Sherman, he's 15 and 6, right? On a four fight win streak. You know, and this is his second stint in the UFC. You know, and he'd actually fought over in bare knuckles. You know, in between fought in bare knuckles, but he came back in um, May last year. I got a second round stoppage over Ike Villanova. You know, so as impressive. You know, definitely impressive. He yeah, he had four fights over um in bare knuckles. Right? One draw, one loss, two wins. You know? Uh he last fought in the UFC in uh September twenty eighteen. That's when the first run came to an end. And he'd had what did he have? He had uh Seven fights, seven fights, so five losses, two wins, you know, which is tough, but he was fighting, you know, made his debut against Justin Ledette, then he fought Walt Harris, you know what I mean, that's tough, and the last three were Shamal Abramimogov, uh, Justin Willis, and Augusto Saki, so... Yeah, that was not a tough... That was not an easy run. But he's back. He's back. And he's, yeah, on that win. Right? So, very good for him. Um, And, like, when you look at it all, you know, he's definitely got the power to stop a fight. Got the power to stop a fight, people. So, yeah, there is that... 
Uh, now he's going up against the pit bull. Pitbull. That was one thing to say though. Sherman, he was meant to be fighting Parker Porter. Right? That was his original opponent. So for Porter to drop out, right? Now he, he's like, oh, I want to stay on a card. And then they say, um, yeah, we got a fighter for you. He's like, oh, awesome. Who you got? And they're like, Andre Orlovsky. I mean, right? Ugh. That's a tough one. Now the pit bull, he is 30 and 20, two no contests. So he's coming off a loss in his last fight, which was to um, Tom Aspinall. But, I mean, Tom Aspinall is very good. He's very good. But before that fight, right, he was able to put a stop to, um, you know, the you know, the little kind of, the nice little buzz Tanner Bozer had put together. So that fight was November last year. Tom Aspinall fight was February this year. Um, and then he he stopped Phil Linz, Philip Linz, who was definitely a, a, you know, a prospect coming in to the UFC. So that fight was that fight was May last year. So yeah, Olofsky, he fought um a couple of times last year. Um and he's always improving, right? So those last two wins came off of the knockout to Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Right? So this crazy thing about Olofsky, you know, yes, there are those losses. But he's able to, he's been able to turn it around. He's really been able to turn it around and um, show us something different, right? I, I mean, that's the the real impressive thing. And like, man, when he was first in the UFC, you know, he, he, he was kind of submissions, Right? He was submissions, he was TKOs, all of that. Now, we haven't seen a submission from him in a while. But we've seen a more measured game. A more measured game. So, you know, Sherman, he he, he had a stoppage in that last fight. But Orlowski, he he can shut you down. Right? He can shut you down, he can frustrate you. And I think, yeah, I think the pit bull has a very good chance against the, uh, you know, the vanilla gorilla. So when you look at the tape, people, right? So Sherman, he's got a one inch reach advantage at 78. Also with the height at 6'4". Uh, although Orlowski is a one inch on the legs at 44. Yeah, so, yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with the vet, people. I'm going to say Orlowski, he's able to use his wily knowledge in the cage. And he's going to get the win. But, oh. 
I am looking forward to this fight because, man, it, it definitely has all the makings for something calamitous. Hmm, that's not a word, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, our last fight, our last fire fight, right? Before the main event is the co. We got Drakkar close against Jeremy Stevens. And this people, right? You see Jeremy Stevens. This is a lightweight clash. Yeah. Stevens is moving up. Right? So um yeah, Drakkar close. He's eleven two and one. Coming off a loss in the last fight, which was at UFC 248, Adesanya v Romero, and it was the, um, yeah, the second round stoppage to Bernal Dariush, right, so that was March last year, March last year, now before that, man, he put together three very nice wins, you know, Christos Gages at 241, um, Bobby Green, and Lanando Vanata. Right, so uh, yeah, they were yeah, they were very good wins. I mean, the green fight was uh, yeah, it was contentious. The other two were definitely very good wins, very good wins. So um, yeah, you know he he's got he's beat some very good people. You know, Devin Powell, Mark Takezi. Um, yeah, and then those others, right? Only other loss in the UFC was David Tamer at UFC 218. Holloway v. Aldo 2. Yeah, so, yeah, Drakkar Close, he's a, he's a very good fighter, right? Made his UFC debut in January 2017. Yeah, a while back. So, um, yeah, close is he's going up against a vet, people. He's going up against a vet, a little heathen, Jeremy Stevens, who is 28 18, won no contest. But big thing with this fight, big thing with this fight, Stevens is four fights. Back to back losses, you know. So that's huge. You know, he he must be thinking, I need to win this fight, right? I need to win this fight, right? So in between those those losses is a no contest, right? It was that weird situation with Yaya Rodriguez, you know. So, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one, especially because the last loss was that, you know, second round stoppage by a Calvin Cader. But those were all featherweight fights. So, will this move to lightweight make, um, make Stevens, you know, more durable? Right. But when you think about it, there wasn't a lot of stoppages. 
You know, the Yaya Rodriguez rematch decision. Does a beat fight was a decision. You know? And he got wins over people such as Josh Emmett. Right? Doi Choi. Doi Hu Choi. Gilbert Menendez. You know, he, he, he's beaten some very good people. Dennis Benudez. You know, and he's been in there with everyone. You know, the, the current lightweight ch- champion contender, Charles Oliveira. He fought him. It's Cub Swanson. You know, Max Holloway. Right? Renan Barrera. Ranan Barrera. Former champion. Frankie Edgar. You know, he's been in there with the who's who. You know, made his UFC. No, actually, it wasn't his debut. But very early in his career, he fought Eves Edwards. You know what I mean? He's fought Anthony Pettis. Hey, he, he, he has been there, done that. Been there, done that, man. So he made his UFC debut against Dean Thomas. Right? Dean Thomas. I mean, right? So that was May 2007. 2007. So, yeah. Would you you say Jeremy Stevens is a vet? Jeremy Stevens is a motherfucking vet. He's a vet. Right? So, how do they stack up? That is the thing. So, both 5'9", right? Um, Stevens actually has a one-inch reach advantage at 71. But Close has a half an inch on the legs at 39. Uh, it's so tough. So tough. And, man, Jeremy Stevens, he's just... Man, I've watched him for so long. So long, but I... Just think, close hasn't. He just hasn't been as in as many wars, right? And I, I just think those wars, man, they're draining. They are draining, right? Twenty eight, eighteen, and one. That's so many fights. So many. Fights and close, he's 11 2 and 1, right? So, definitely not as much damage. Not as much damage. Um, crazy thing is, Stevens is only a year older. Only a year older, right? How crazy that. But yeah, I, I think that is the big difference here. And yeah, I so I think close gets to win, but. God damn, this fight has got oh crazy written all over it, people. Crazy written all over it. And yeah, all of this before we get to our main event. Okay, so the main event, people. It is a middleweight clash. Look, as I said, look, it's got title ramifications all over it. All over it, right? And both have fought the champ, 
you know. Gastelin fought Adesanya when um, Whitaker, you know, got injured. So they fought for um, an interim belt that Adesanya won. And Whitaker, hey, when he came back, right, came back from the injury, fought Adesanya, and Adesanya won the belt proper. So, yeah, they both want to get back in there with Adesanya and a huge win here. Huge win. You think it would definitely get Whitaker to fight. If it's big enough, it could as well get Gastelin to fight. I mean, if Gastelin was to starch Whitaker in that first round, he that might be enough to get him to fight over Vittori. Right? It very well could be. So, yeah, they both have a lot, a lot to, um, yeah, you know, go out for, right? And it's interesting. It's an interesting fight. So when you look at it, you know, the Reaper, Robert Whittaker, he's 22-5 and five on a two-fight win streak and the former middleweight champion, Right? Aim, which is a lot. So he um he beat Jared Cannonier. You know, that was his last fight, October last year. And before that, in July last year, he had the, the win over um Darren Till. Both on Fight Island. Both on Fight Island. And the last fight, the Cannonier fight, that was at UFC 254, Khabib Gaethje. So, um, yeah, definitely a good way to come back from that loss to Adesanya at UFC 243, you know, October 2019. So, yes, now, he, you know, he had those two wins over Yael Romero, beat Jacare, Derek Brunson to um, get into that title talk, Rafael Natal... Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares. You know, the last person to beat him, like before um, the Widdick, the Adesanya fight, was Wonderboy. But that's when he used to fight at Welterweight. You know what I mean? He used to fight at Welterweight, right? How crazy is that? And so did Gastelum. You know, so that's, they both have so much in common. You know, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, Whitaker, he made his UFC debut against Brad Scott in December 2012. Hmm. Interesting times, people. Interesting times. Um, You know, Whitaker, he can stop you with the hands, Right? He's got a few TKO wins in the mix. But is he going to be able to stop Kevin Gasolin, who, you know, will always tell you he's on a mission for gold. So Gasolin is 17 and 6 with one no contest. Uh, coming off a win over Ian Heinish. So that. 
Oh man, that was much needed, right? Stopped a free fight skid. And that fight was in February this year. So, um, yeah, there was that heel hook loss to Jack Hermanson in July last year. The split decision loss to uh, Darren Till at UFC 244. You know, Madison Square Gardens, Master Alvi Diaz. And, um, yeah, then there was UFC 236. Very worried loss to Adesanya. So, um, yeah, I mean, he stopped, stopped the skid. Can he get another one? Can he, you know, put together that, that run to get a title shot? You know, who knows? You know, he, he had two big wins to get him that Adesanya first fight. There was the Bisbing fight and then Chakaray. So, um, man, look, Gastelin is, he's tough, right? He's very tough. Like we, we saw him, you know, put out Johnny Hendricks and Tim Kennedy. Yeah, he, he's legit. But has he got enough to stop Whitaker? And, you know, I, I, I just think that, Whitaker can he can use his strikes to shut Gastelum down, right? Right, I, I think that's the thing. There's we've seen Gastelum pull out some superb performances, you know. Definitely seen him do that, right? The the Hendricks, Kennedy, you know, those fights especially, right? Those fights were sensational. And I, I I don't know if we've seen... I don't know if we've seen the same pressure, the same intensity from him that we saw in the Adesanya fight. Because that was so close. That fight was so close. But since that point, it he, we have seen... <laughs> A, a tendency to wait, right? A, a, a little kind of, ooh, I don't know if I should go in, right? I might get countered. We've seen that hesitation in him, and Whitaker's going to be able to capitalise on that, right? So I think this is going to be a great fight. It's going to be a great fight. And if the the, the the gasoline we've seen recently comes, Whitaker wins. If we get the gasoline that fought Adesanya, whew, it, it definitely could be a different story. But yeah, looking forward to this fight and um, seeing what happens, people. But yeah, there you go. Okay, people, so we've reached the end of another episode, and yeah, we will see how any of those predictions do, you know what I mean? But, um, hey, we were pretty, pretty good, pretty good on UFC last week, but I only got two fights wrong, so not bad, right? Not bad. Now, 
in the news, right? Clarissa Shields. We knew she was making the transition, but now we know the date and her opponent. She will be making her MMA debut on the 10th of June at the fourth PLL event, and she's fighting Brittany Elkin. Okay, so over to um, UFC and uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira is fighting Gregor Gillespie on the 8th of May. Now, on the 22nd of May, a couple weeks later, Sarah Alpa will be fighting Stephanie Egger. It's a good one. And people, the biggest bit of news to drop today is some news that, man, is going to make everyone smile. And that is on the 4th of September at UFC 266. Jan Blokovic defends his belt against Glover Teixeira, people. You know what I mean? That's incredible. That's great. And I also feel it's the right amount of time since Glover's last time. Because he, he, he takes shots. So it gives him time to let his body rest. And, um, you know what I mean? Make that last push. Because this will be it. This will be it for Glover, but, um, hey, cannot wait, right? So, September, people, let's see what's going to happen, all right? So, that's us. We will be back on Friday with the news, all right?